Hey folks, doing all right? This is Ernie, owner of Anashira. That's what they say in these parts when you run into them, the folks from around here. And uh, the appropriate answer is generally, doing all right, you? So this may seem funny, but I practiced saying this phrase for weeks before I dared use it. Dawn, my very patient wife, would hear me walking around saying, doing all right, doing all right. So I finally got courage. I went into our local grocery store called Ingles. But I hate that name, and I call it Ingles, as if I were in Spain. So I walk up there. I go to check out. I stand there trying to look pretty casual, like I know what I'm doing. And I say to the cashier, doing all right? And she looks at me and says, doing all right, you? Oh, man, I was so happy. I was so happy. I passed by as someone from these parts. Okay, I got another story for you today. talking with my daughter, Liana, this morning about my podcast. And she says, Dad, you have to explain to people that you aren't a country boy, that you aren't a farmer. They need to know how you got here. Man, that's a good idea, I thought. So let's start. First of all, I am not a farmer. I'm from California. California boy. Some would call me a city slicker. But I did grow up on a dairy farm. My dad had purebred Guernsey cows. And I lived on this dairy, and I did my chores, and we had no goats, not a single one, never touched a goat. We had chickens, and we left the dairy and moved to the city. This was in Fresno, California, and I knew then that I didn't want anything to do with cows. I didn't want to be on a dairy. didn't want to have anything to do with it. So after growing up and spending a long period rebelling against a military-industrial complex in the 60s and thinking my friends and I could change the world, what did I do? I joined the corporate world. I not only joined it, I jumped in hook, line, and sinker. I was one of those people who works every day until I dropped. I wanted to get ahead in the world. I wanted to make a lot of money. I worked hard, and I worked my way up to the top in several corporations, and I knew stress it would make a bridge buckle. Grinding, debilitating stress. And there are probably many of you out there who know exactly what I'm talking about. But I left that. I walked away. And there's more of this that I'd like to tell you later. So I know nothing about goats. But once I got here to North Carolina, I wanted to make cheese. So one day I bought a book called One Hour Cheese. And I made several different cheeses. One was called Farm Fresh Rounds. One was called 
favorite melty mozzarella. One was called Meyer lemon ricotta. And I made this with, uh, I made it first with whole milk that you get out of the dairy case. And I made this cheese and it was, it was pretty good, but it was nothing great. It was okay. So a friend of mine bought me some organic milk from a small dairy here in the mountains. And uh, I tried again. It was pretty good, but it was nothing special. You wouldn't really serve it to company. And uh, I realized, hey, here's a problem. In North Carolina, you cannot buy raw milk. That is milk that has not been pasteurized. Pasteurized means treated with heat to burn out all the bad organisms. All your milk is homogenized and pasteurized. Now, I had a buddy who worked out with me in the gym, and he made, uh, had a company that made cream cheese. And he said he needed raw milk to make this cheese with or it didn't taste right. So he had to go to South Carolina and have the milk imported in the state in order to make cream cheese that he thought tasted good. Now, you can buy raw milk here, but it has to be labeled as for pets only. So it's legal to buy raw milk and feed it to your dog. It's legal to buy raw milk and feed it to your cat, but it's not legal to buy raw milk and drink it or give it to anybody to drink. So I was wrestling with this story, and my neighbor... Manny, who owns a lot of land here, he's a doctor from Miami, and he comes up to spend time here on his uh, land in North Carolina. He'd bought a goat, and this goat was pregnant. And he said, Ernie, once she gives birth, why don't you milk my goat? You can have the milk. So I knew nothing about milking a goat. And my other buddy, Clifton, Clifton Buckner, who uh, grew up here right near me in the holler down below us. There's a lot of stories about Clifton Buckner. Now, this man taught me more about living close to the earth, more about living simply than I could write in a single book. So he said, I'll teach you how to milk a goat. I've been doing it all my life. And he did. And, uh, We'll talk more about that later. But now, now at least you know who Clifton Buckner is. He's 79 years old and as energetic as a mountain goat. So this goat was a Sonnen goat. She became my first friend in the goat world. I milked her. And the milk was, it was rich. It was high in butter fat. It, had, it didn't have that tang that you normally... Uh, think of when you drink goat's milk. And uh, I had plenty of it. So I found a recipe from this cheese company in Massachusetts that makes a culture that you introduce in the milk. And I found a recipe to make one of my favorite cheeses, a simple one to make called chevre. So I uh, went at it. I studied the process. 
So I got a gallon of milk. I heated it to a certain temperature. I added the culture. I took it off the heat, set it in a room at the right temperature, covered overnight to let it thicken and let the bacteria do its work. I hung it up in a butter muslin from a hook and let the whey uh, drain out of it till it got the right consistency. And then I rolled it into cheeses. And you know what? It was great. It was delicious. So I had plenty of cheese. Now, understand. Well, it was great. And I made it in with crackers, with fruit, in omelets, uh, in stuffed chicken breasts. I made it in any recipe I could find. And I gave it to friends. And I served it to friends. And I froze it. And then I thought it and gave it away. And guess what? Well, this goat, whom I called Mama, she gave about a quart, quart and a half a day. A gallon of milk gives you about two pounds of cheese. So do the math. Quart and a half a day is about two and a half gallons a week. That's five pounds of cheese a week. So to clarify, this chevre cheese is the same as you find in the cheese section of your supermarket in the expensive cheese section of your supermarket it's nowhere near Velveeta or Kraft uh, you find it in these little rounds it's white and each one of those weighs about four ounces and costs you about six bucks seven bucks you look on the back that's about at least $21 a pound 24 26 depending on where you are so, uh, imagine one of those rounds, in my experience, it serves, let's say you're spraying on crackers and you're with friends and you're having aperitif, uh, it'll serve about six of you. So I had 20 of those every week coming from this goat. Now we drank some of the milk, put it on cereal, we made pancakes with it, cakes, made cornbread with it, delicious. Everything was delicious, but you just can't keep up with that amount of milk. So one other thing, like a cow, you don't just stop milking a goat when you have enough milk and then start again when you need more milk. You stop, the animal goes dry, and then you can't milk it again till she gets pregnant and has babies and then she's producing milk again, and you can begin milking this goat. So I was about to scream, help, help, when my friend Clifton comes over one day, and we sit down for a cup of coffee. And he knows my problem, and he says, Ernie, my sister Sandra says you should make soap with your milk. I said, soap? Are you kidding me? He says, no, she was a beautician. She says it makes the best soap there is. So that's why I started milking a goat. And that's why I'm still milking goats. Folks, join me next week for another story from Anashira. Anashira.